This is episode 201, Dealing with and Healing Anxiety with Verushka. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you again so much for listening. Special thanks to all of you who go to iTunes and review the show. I love reading your reviews and appreciate you taking the time to click those stars and write a little review if you have a little more time. It really helps the show grow as does sharing it on social media or telling your friends about it. I've met some of you out in the world and you're like, I tell all my friends about your podcast. That means the world to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you for trusting me with the people that matter to you. Today's show, we talk about anxiety. And this is a subject that's close to my heart because, well, so many of the people that I work with deal with it. And it is something that I have dealt with a lot in my life. One of my nicknames as a kid was Worry Wart because I would, I just would worry. And I had a lot of anxiety as a kid. And I think it, you know, came from things that happened in my life, but also just biochemically. I'm a little wired toward it. And I talk about a little bit of what those biochemical wirings can be like in this coaching session with Varushka. And It's something that has been a gift in so many ways for me because it's been a massive teacher. It's often catapulted next levels of growth for me. It's been the thing that has motivated and inspired my meditation practice, eating really healthy, doing the inner work to let go of the main triggers that create anxiety because anxiety is the same and different for all of us. It's similar in terms of how we experience it and why we experience it. And it's different in terms of what our triggers are or how it shows up in our life. And I know many people who've done tons of personal growth work. In fact, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday who has done tons of spiritual and personal development. And it's something that she still deals with as well. So I think it's a result of living in a world where we're, our nervous systems are overstimulated For empaths who feel a lot and sense a lot, an important lesson for me in managing my own anxiety has been what's mine and what's not mine and really, really not getting myself enrolled in the collective too much. And I do that through my meditation practice. I I cut cords a lot. I spiritually protect myself. And I think I'm going to have one of my spiritual advisors on the show to talk about spiritual hygiene and spiritual protection. I'm also going to have a doctor on to talk about methylation and the MTHFR gene, which I mentioned in this podcast, because both of those things I think are going to help all of you who deal with any anxiety or worry or even panic attacks, understand it and also give you some tools. So as you're listening to this coaching session with Farushka, consider, do you struggle with anxiety? Have you had panic attacks in the past? And now you, even if you're not having panic attacks, have anxiety about having another one, which often creates one. Did you grow up in a fear-based home where you were told to be careful a lot and warned of negative outcomes? 
Have you done a lot of personal growth work, but just can't seem to shake your anxiety? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to the coaching session. And also don't forget to listen to my wrap up after the call. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about your hair. So I love my hair. (laughs) It's always been a thing. Maybe it's because I grew up in Dallas. You know, when you have a good hair day, you just feel good. And so much of what impacts good hair day is the shampoo and conditioner that you use. And what's important to know is that we don't all have the same hair, so it's going to require different things to have a good hair day. So that's why we shouldn't all use the same shampoo and conditioner, which is why I love Function of Beauty. They bring you shampoos and conditioners that are customized and individually filled just for you. So most drugstore brands or even salon brands only address a single concern like volume or strengthen. With Function of Beauty, you can choose up to five hair goals to add to your formulation. And what I love is that they use safe, natural ingredients. They never use sulfates, parabens, mineral oils, or any other harmful ingredients. They are vegan and cruelty-free. The sad reality is most drugstore brands test on animals. Function of Beauty is 100% vegan and cruelty-free, and they have over 18,000 five-star customer reviews, so they know what they're doing. I've loved my personalized formula. I have more curly, frizzy hair. It's thick hair, but it's curly, frizzy hair, so I have to have another shower after I blow dry my hair because it's so hard to blow dry. I work up such a sweat, and the formula that I use really has helped smooth my hair while still give me volume and defrizz it, which is massive for me. So here is your call to action and how you can get 20% off your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash over it, take the hair profile quiz and get 20% off your first custom formula. Again, function of beauty slash over it to get 20% off your custom formula. Varushka, welcome to the show. How can I help? So I'm calling today because I've listened to your podcast before about anxiety and I've been struggling with anxiety for about 20 years and it comes and goes through waves. But lately I feel like I'm back in this rut where it's like these thoughts that are just constantly running through my mind, like the what if, you know, what if this, what if that? And I'm having a lot of trouble just controlling it and kind of calming myself down. So I wanted to see if you had any type of suggestions as to how I can break that habit or that cycle that I'm in right now. Sure. So you said it started 20 years ago. What started it? So, I mean, just through a lot of like self-development work, I realized that a lot of it had to do with the way that I was raised. I was raised with a lot of fear. First, anxiety runs in the family. But aside from that, I was always instilled with a lot of fear to be careful with this. You know, everything had a negative effect. So I I processed that as growing up. And then when I was in college, my last year when I was about to graduate, I think all the pressure of, you know, graduating and going into the quote unquote real world and having to get a job, I think that's that's when it really surfaced. Um, And it it got pretty bad. I became agoraphobic and I did tons of self-development. And it it took about 10 years to really get myself pretty stable, I would say, and like feeling well and going out and doing my things. But every now and then I just go through these cycles where it comes back and mm. it's not even so much the physical anxiety. It's more like the thought process that is just, you know, it, it, it like paralyzes me. So what is the thought? What is the, so let me just make sure I'm understanding you accurately. So it's not so okay. much that you feel the physical sensation of anxiety. It's more your thought process creates anxiety. Is that what you're saying? Both. Yes. 
I mean, the thought process will then create the physical. Sure. So the physical, like I kind of know, you know, like the breathing and I meditate in the morning, I exercise. So I can kind of keep that at bay, but it's more of whenever I have a lot of change or there's a lot going on, I'm okay for, let's say like one week or two weeks while I'm going through, let's say, you know, I just moved a while, uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of uh, months ago and just a lot of things happen. I'm okay for about a week. And then all of a sudden when my body starts to settle, it's just like, poof. It goes right. and then I'll, I'm I'm stuck in that rut for like, it's been like a month and a half now. And I start to anything. I so my fear or my phobia. And that's another question is because the anxiety feels so debilitating. I have this fear that I'm just going to lose control or pass out, which has never happened in mm-hmm. the time that I've been experiencing it. But that's the sensation I get. So even if I go to get into the car and drive, it's that same reaction, like, oh, no. And then that will create the panic attack, no matter yep. how hard I try. Yep. Yep. I've been there. So <laughs> I've had that happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So first, there's a few things. First, I just want to acknowledge you. You went from being agoraphobic to, to not being agoraphobic. That's a really big deal, Varushka. That's a really big deal. So I think sometimes that we can pay way too much attention to what's continuing not to work versus looking at what's working. So you've come very, very far and it's important to see that. And it's important in those moments where you're having kind of the, because I can relate to this, somebody that has had panic attacks and anxiety and things like that. It's almost like you have PTSD from it. Yeah. So even if you're not having one, you can be in a similar situation or, or just have some kind of adrenaline rush or something. And, and all of a sudden the body remembers and it's almost like you can recreate it. So I, I so hear you and I so feel you on this and and you're not alone. So there's a couple things. I have one more question. Sure. The thoughts that create Uh anxiety. What are you generally thinking about? So it's always on the sensation. It's like, oh no, like before I went to go to Trader Joe's and it was, I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to start driving, I'm going to feel it. And then I have to pull mm-hmm. over. So before I even begin to do something that I routinely do, I, I'll, I'll start to have, it's like anticipation. And then that's when it begins. And then that starts to trigger my physical reaction. And yeah. lately I've just almost like surrendered to not doing it. And I know yeah the way out or the way through is through it. So I, I try to force myself, but lately it's exhausting and it's yeah. just, you know, I feel like I have to surrender to it. Yeah. And it's really hard to force yourself in moments like that. Yeah. When I was going through this, I had to Uber everywhere because I was so afraid that I was going to pass out while driving. And again, it's interesting because when you're in anxiety or a panic attack, it's really hard to pass out because you actually have a lot of, a lot of blood circulating, <laughs> like your, your blood pressure is low versus high. Right. But I know that feeling. It's an awful, yucky feeling. Horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. So, so let's be a little practical first, because I believe that, you know, as, as human beings and especially living in a world where consciousness is increasing at the same time that the environmental kind of pollutants are increasing. And by that, I mean, EMF things, everything in our air, being on airplanes, cars, pollution, it's, it's almost becoming harder for <laughs> empaths and conscious beings to not feel like we're bubble girls or bubble boys it's sometimes. To pre- so there's a lot at play. And I, I want to come back to 
the fear-based family growing up um, in a second. But first I want to give you two practical things. Okay. One thing that, that I learned just biochemically is that when we have issues with methylation, which is basically a process that our body goes through, we can be prone to anxiety. Okay. And there's, I would recommend finding a really good functional medicine doctor or a naturopath who, and, and even getting some genetic testing done okay. to see if you are an over or under methylator. And sometimes like the right supplementation can really help. So I don't know if you heard me share, mm -hmm. I was, I, I have methylation issues and I was put on supplements that basically over methylated me. And that's when I had these panic attacks and anxiety. Okay. They literally put my brain into a, a, an altered state. And so s there might be a biochemical aspect of this that you could get some relief from. Okay. So that's the first thing I want to say. Okay. Because a lot of times this isn't all in our head, you know, and I definitely come from the, the belief system, both personally and professionally doing this, that our emotions and our past traumas and everything are major influences, but they affect our biochemistry. So as we're doing the personal growth work, sometimes we have to look at the medical part as well and just make sure that everything's working together. So when I say that, when I, even if you don't know what methylation is, when I say that, does it land for you? Does it, does it feel like there's a resonance there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember listening to that part of the podcast. Um, I don't remember what methylation is. I think it's, you produce too much, is it too many, like the horn, your hormones are off balance. So it's how you process different hormones and vitamins and things like that. Okay. So like vitamin B, for example, can be okay. something that is, is complex for people with methylation issues to process. So okay. there's different supplementation that needed. I am by no means a doctor. <laughs> I'm just right, right. learning this as I go, which okay. is why I suggest it. The other thing that I would suggest on a practical level for you is hypnotherapy. Okay. Like finding a really good hypnotherapist that can work with the subconscious a little bit, because this is the frustrating thing about where you are right now. You have a lot of awareness, you've done a lot of work, but a large part of what you're dealing with is subconscious. So even consciously, you can tell yourself, there's nothing to be scared about. Mm -hmm. I'm just driving to Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. I'm safe. Mm -hmm. It's okay. There's an unconscious part that's believing something else. So doing some hypnotherapy and working with that subconscious part also might be an approach. How does that sound and feel to you? Absolutely. I'm always open to, I feel like I've tried so many things throughout my journey. Right. Um, and I'm always open to trying different things, but I, I like, I believe that it's, it's, uh, a, like a, it's an integration of definitely, um, you know, chemically genetic and then your environment. And I believe that. Yeah. All that, mm -hmm. all that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the practical. Okay. Now let's go kind of metaphysical and emotional. Okay. So would you say that you grew up in a family where there was a lot of worry? Oh, completely. From every side. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you see how worry is paired up with love? How it's paired up with love? Um, I mean, I guess mm -hmm. it's a way of them trying to protect you. Exactly. So basically, the people in your life, like let's just use your parents, they worried about you a lot. 
and maybe did worst case scenario thinking, be careful, that's not safe, so on and so forth. And so some part of your brain is like, oh, people that love me worry about me. Therefore, in order to love myself and take care of myself, I need to worry. Hmm. I've never thought about it that way. You've heard me talk on the show a lot about we parent ourselves the way we were parented until we learn a new way of parenting ourselves. You've heard me talk about that, yeah? Yeah. So that in so many ways is what's going on here. You are parenting yourself and taking care of yourself the way that you were. So you're using a lot of fear and anxiety to love yourself. And and some part of you thinks that that's the best way to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Completely. Completely. Mm -hmm. It's like almost like my default instinctual reaction. Exactly. Exactly. Based on how you grew up. The good news is that our true, like our true nature instinct, not our nurtured instinct, is one of reassurance and love and peace. But the part that before you get there, and this has been a big part of my own journey, is welcoming the anxiety. Like knowing that it's a part of you, it's not all of you. It's a part of you. And when it comes up, it's truly coming up because it thinks it's protecting you. It thinks it's loving you. So when it comes up, put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and just be like, hi, anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like welcome. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. that you're here. And I know that you're here because you think you're trying to protect me. What do you need in this moment? And Mm -hmm. see if you can greet it because in so many ways you're greeting the anxiety with judgment or with fear or with more anxiety or whatever. If you can just greet it with love and be like, okay, like you're here. It's okay. I welcome you. What do you need? Does this make sense a little bit? It does. It's just harder (laughs) said than done. Um, because when I'm in that moment and I've tried to just, and, and then there are times when, when the anxiety doesn't reach too high and when it's like this, like at a three or a four, I can kind of let it ride a little bit. And it's like, okay, I'm very familiar. I know what this is. I'm safe. And I have mantras. They will say, you know, I'm complete. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm whole. But when it escalates and there's just like lately, I'm, I'm in this little cycle where it just goes like from one to like 20. Yeah. That when it's that high, it's I'm almost in a moment of freaking out. Um, like yeah. I just want to run. I can't focus. So to yep. get myself to do that in that moment yeah. is really it's almost okay. like impossible. I understand because you're in fight or flight. So when you're in fight or flight, the brain is just it just goes into survival mode. It's not thinking about affirmations. So when that happens, I want you to try to move the energy. So I want you to, like, what you can do is you can lay on the bed or the floor and just start shaking as hard as you possibly can. You can put on a song and dance really hard, like dance really, 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 really hard. Don't throw your neck out, but but dance as hard as you can. You can make sounds like, like sounds like that. Um, 
you basically what you want to do, because when we go into fight or flight, the nervous system starts to release so much adrenaline. And if you give it an outlet, it will start to tell your brain that you're safe again. So you may have heard me talk about this. When animals basically fight, flight, or freeze, once they know they're safe, they start to shake because instinctually they know to release the trauma from their body. I didn't know that. And then they get up and they're fine. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Interesting. So get yourself in a place where you can, you can move it. You can shake, you can cry, you can move it. You can get mm-hmm. the, that. Like jitteriness. The, the, you can take that. Yeah. The jitteriness, that fight or flight mm-hmm. thing and, and just get it out of your body. Because when, when we're in, when we go from one to 20 and we're in the cusp of that panic attack, it's really hard to go into self-soothing. It's hard to calm the nervous system down when you're in fight or flight. It's almost like you've got to push the envelope a little bit and express, well, not, not, not necessarily push through it, but like, um, like push your edge a little bit to express it because part of what makes a panic attack worse. And believe me, as someone that's had them is trying to contain it and control it. And that was something you said earlier. You wanted me to give you some advice on how to control the anxiety. And I don't want you to control it. I want you to see if you can ride it, like ride it out. That in combination with getting some really good, getting a really good picture. Cause normal doctors, when they just do your hormones and cholesterol and physical stuff, they don't check into this. Right. Like getting some genetics done and talking to somebody that understands methylation and then very slowly trying some different supplements, like only kind of introducing one thing at a time. So you can see if it's working, doing all of this, does it feel overwhelming or does it feel manageable? Oh no, it feels manageable. Okay. Completely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, and, and I, my therapist has told me before, but I, I, it's great to hear from you to say, just, you can't control it. And I think that, right. I don't know if, if the panic attack itself, or maybe I'm just a controlling person in general, but I feel like I need to know what's going to happen so that I can prepare. And that's all part of control. And when I go through, and I kept the anxiety to myself for like a good 10 years, which was a very big mistake. So mm-hmm. I think that I have a tendency to just like keep it, like I could have a panic attack in the middle, let's say of my job and nobody would even know. Mm-hmm. So just like talking about it and getting it out in the moment is at least releases it instead of keeping it inside, which is mm-hmm. will make a, will probably make a big difference. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I went through a phase where I literally thought I was going to pass out every time I was about to go on stage. I went through hell mm-hmm. and it wasn't because I was nervous about speaking. Mm-hmm. It was because I didn't trust my body. I thought it was just going to like go into, and I know you can relate to that. Yeah. You get shaky, you feel weak. You get shaky. Mm-hmm. And do you see how your anxiety isn't actually, you're not anxious about something happening at Trader Joe's. Right. You don't trust your body. Interesting. And this is the last thing that we'll talk about here is this is also about feeling safe in your body. Mm-hmm. and trusting your body. I don't know if you have any history of any kind of abuse or any time you felt like your body wasn't a safe place to be. God, no, I, I, I don't, but I think part of 
the phobia was um, when I was younger, a lot of the stuff was like, you know, eat, eat well, because if not, you know, something had happened. So not in a body of me feeling safe, but like making sure that I'm feeding it correctly because something medically can go wrong. So I think that's mm-hmm. part of when I feel the anxiety, the panic attack, it's my, my brain, all the alarms go off and say, something's wrong, wrong with my body, yep. like danger, danger. When, you know, exactly. it's a sensation, but it's a, it's a horrible it's- one. Exactly. So there's that feeling of not feeling safe Thanks. in the body. Wow. Yeah. So great to see it from all of this. Per- it makes so much sense. Everything that you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So another mantra, cause I think you said that you are safe. Mm-hmm. I am safe in my body. I trust my body. Okay. I trust my body. I'm safe in my body. I trust my body. It's okay. And really in those moments, like right now, do you feel pretty good in your body? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just take in this moment. Take in this moment of feeling calm, mm-hmm. trusting your body, noticing how your body breathes, putting your hand on your heart and feeling how your heart beats, mm-hmm. and just trusting, trusting that. It's never failed me. And knowing that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it gives us mm-hmm. little alerts. When there's something to pay attention Mm -hmm. to, but not thinking that at any moment it's going to turn on you. And that's what I tell myself. I've never in the 20 years I've been experiencing it. I've never fainted. I've never died. I've never ended up in the hospital. So, you know, it's a good chance that it's not going to happen. Not from anxiety anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing to tell yourself. Mm -hmm and affirm and really feel into. So when you tell yourself those things, attach a feeling to it, attach a feeling of gratitude, attach a feeling of feeling so peaceful of like, oh yeah, like my body is my ally and the anxiety, it's my ally Mm -hmm. too. It's just been there because it thinks it's protecting me. But once you start to really reinforce that your body is safe, that you trust your body, that the world is a beautiful place and we're meant to be healthy, the less the anxiety will need to come up because again, the anxiety thinks it's taking care of you. Yeah. So does this give you a little bit of a, of a plan moving forward? It does a big one. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions? Um, no. I mean, I feel very calm right now. So Good. I hope to just practice this most, especially when I'm in the calm state so that when I do yeah. get a little more up there, it becomes a little more natural to say it to myself. So, Yep. You got it. And look how far you've come, you know, look how far you've come. True. Look how amazing your body has done. It has. And how you've shifted your mind and and shifted things. So Mm -hmm. just keep going. You're doing great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. First, I want to acknowledge Varushka. She's done so much to heal and manage her anxiety. She's gotten over agoraphobia. That is massive. So it's important for her and for all of us to keep in mind that patterns like anxiety were developed a 
long time ago, and they've been reinforced for years. So even if you have a lot of awareness and have done a lot of work, you may not see an immediate transformation. So it's more important to really acknowledge and celebrate progress. Please celebrate your progress. In this call, we talked about both the physical and emotional psychological aspects that were causing her anxiety. On the emotional or psychological, this pattern of anxiety was very tied to her childhood. She shared she grew up in a more fear-based home where there was a lot of worry and worst case scenario thinking and negative outcome kind of thinking. And so she's adopted that in her own mind. And we've talked about this on the show and I can't highlight it enough. We parent ourselves the way we were parented and whatever behavior our parents showed towards us, we pair with love. So if you had a parent that was very fear-based and worried about you a lot, then most likely you worry about yourself a lot because you're like, oh, this is how I love. If I love someone, well, then I need to worry about them a lot. So if I love myself in order to take care of myself, I need to worry about myself. You know, the person that's take, quote unquote taking care of me seems to be worried a lot and thinking of the worst a lot and may have a lot of anxiety about something happening to me. So that's how I need to take care of myself. I need to have a lot of anxiety and micromanage myself and always be thinking and always be worrying. Do you see how this is paired up? So parenting herself like she was parented is the main cause of her anxiety. And it's so, 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 so common. So know a lot of the behaviors like anxiety or any patterns you want to change, they're not you. They're behaviors you learned to keep you safe and get love. So there's a lot of brain programming that make them feel like they're you, but it's not you. You can shift it. It's so important not to judge these patterns and behaviors we want to change. In Varushka's case, it was so important for her not to judge the anxiety because they do serve a purpose. So we want to greet them with love and acceptance. See that they're really trying to help you because when we work with something with anxiety versus fight it, it's more likely to work with you. So one of the main ways that I've really dealt with and for the most part combated a lot of my anxiety is when it comes up, I'm like, high anxiety, high worry. I know you're just trying to keep me safe. So what do we need? What do we need to feel safe? Do we need to take an action? Do we need to move the energy? Is there an emotion here? I work with it rather than fight against it. The other important thing in terms of working with, especially anxiety, is moving the energy out. So when we're in anxiety or we're in a full-on panic attack, our nervous system goes into major fight, flight, or freeze. And when that happens, we release massive stress hormones like adrenaline into the bloodstream. So if you're having anxiety and you're releasing massive stress hormones, good luck trying to calm yourself down. (laughs) Good luck sitting and meditating or trying to breathe slowly or any of those things. It's actually more useful when you've got that much adrenaline and stress hormones running through your bloodstream to move the energy, to hit something, to yell, to scream, to lay on the floor and shake, 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 shake your body. Sometimes if you start shaking, your body will just take over and it'll, it'll shake itself. And don't be afraid of that. That's actually a very healthy response. If you start shaking, it's your body trying to release all the stress hormones. And that's a very natural thing. That's actually our instinct. You heard me talk to Varushka about how animals, after they go through anything traumatic, once they know they're safe, they start to shake because they're releasing all the trauma from their body. So 
putting on your favorite song, dancing really hard, do something to move the energy. Because if you're just trying to calm yourself down, you're working on suppressing stress hormones and that is hard to do. (laughs) So I also gave Varushka some practical suggestions like hypnotherapy. You can research finding a good hypnotherapist in your area, or a lot of them work over the phone. And it's a beautiful way to work on reprogramming the subconscious mind. I also encourage her to look into getting some genetic testing done to see if she has any variation of what's called the MTHFR gene. This gene plays a very crucial role in a series of biochemical reactions called methylation, which produces biochemical building blocks for mood enhancing and releasing calming neurotransmitters like serotonin. So when you have mutations on this gene, it may leave you at a disadvantage to produce certain biochemical building blocks that not only have to do with mood, but with overall health. You know, I know that I have some mutations of this gene, and so I have to be very specific on how I supplement. And I'm not going to tell you how I do it because it's different for everyone. And like I said in the intro, I'm going to bring on a doctor uh, on the podcast. I have someone in mind, so it just depends on when I can get in his schedule very soon to break this all down. For now, I suggest you talking to your doctor and perhaps getting some genetic testing done to see if you carry any of these gene mutations. And you heard me share about my story of being supplemented the wrong way in terms of methylation. So you really want to be careful on how you supplement. Only try one thing at a time. And I suggest working with a health practitioner. So I hope you noticed that not only did I empathize with Farushka because I've dealt with anxiety and panic attacks in the past and worst case scenario thinking, but I also really normalize a lot of what she's going through. You know, growing up in a fear-based home is a recipe for adult anxiety. Add to that living in a world where we're overstimulating and any biochemical genetic things she may be dealing with, why she's struggling makes a lot of sense. So treating it with acceptance, treating it with compassion, and also a very holistic approach. When we're looking to heal anything, we need to look without judgment at the emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual level. Now, the spiritual level was the one thing we didn't speak about. So, Varushka, if you're listening, I would ask you, you know, why did your soul choose this? Why did your soul choose the parents that you chose? And what is this anxiety really teaching you on a spiritual level? You know, for me, on a spiritual level, my anxiety, one, has given me so much compassion for other people. And two, has put me on my spiritual path in so many ways because that the root of anxiety is not trusting, right? Not trusting others, not trusting our body, not trusting life. So having the contrast of having high anxiety in my life so often in the past really was an inspiration for me to work on my own issues with trust and faith and really trust the universe and trust my body. I hope that you found this episode helpful. I think every human being on some level deals with anxiety now and then. If you don't, I hope this gave you more compassion for the people in your life that do. I think this is an important episode to share. So please share it on social media. Be sure to tag me, send it to your friends. And I'm sending you all so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.